Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard. It's yet another beautiful episode of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifemi Yogunthui. I think it's been an amazing month of match for women around the world. Uh, talking about advocating for women's rights, and also advancing um, a fair play for women. And you are, I believe you're following the trends in Nigeria, women groups protesting at the National Assembly for the passage of gender bills. Yesterday was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who is listening and watching. Um, you know, Dr. Amma, someone said on WhatsApp that um, it was more or less like a PTA meeting on WhatsApp. Everyone showing their mom's picture. Uh, talk to me about your mother's day yesterday. How did it go? My mother's day was very quiet for me. I spend wow. mother's day quietly, peacefully. It's a day of self-care for me, to be honest. Um, so I rested. I was in tune with myself and meditated. And then guess what I did? I worked. So <laughs> I work every day in some fashion or the other. And that's just the truth. And that really is the reality of um, women entrepreneurs. I am an entrepreneur. I am a successive entrepreneur. So I've got three businesses that I am overseeing. So I never really have an entire day that I am completely removed from work but I do take care of my self-care. It's very, very important to me. So every day I take care of myself and celebrate the woman that I am. Um, so happy Mother's Day to Carla, who is here. Nifemi, to your lovely wife, Ebum. Happy Mother's Day. I cherish mothers. I cherish my mothers. I have more than one mother. I have a biological mother, but I've got uh -huh. other mothers and I cherish them wholeheartedly. Well, shout out to every mother uh, who is watching and listening to this podcast. Thank you for all that you do. I saw a picture yesterday that really, you know, um, got to me. So it's an image of a woman with many hands and many legs on her back. She was carrying a baby. There was something on her head. She was washing place. She was cooking. I mean, it was like doing a million and one things at once. And I'm hoping that... Uh, that is also going to, that is changing for the women folk, particularly in Africa, where, you know, women get to do everything. And there's just a man in the sitting room reading the magazine and expecting her to cook and, you know, cater to the children. I hope that that narrative is changing for good and that women are also getting the kind of help they deserve. Yes, Datama. Did you see did, did you see my quote yesterday for Mother's Day? I don't know if Dune has it available. You should see that quote. Oh, sorry. Dune, I is it, it available? Oh, how could you miss it? It's all over social media. You I'm to trying to cut down on my screen time. <laughs> Which is important. That is yeah. very, very important. But um, it certainly is one that I'm using this week. Um, Dune, if you have it, you can put it up so everyone can see it, but it basically says women are the bedrock of society, Absolutely. and they truly are the bedrock of society, Absolutely. so I I'm so glad that we have this month and that we're celebrating women, but I hope that the celebration and the acknowledgement of women is not mm. limited to one month, that it's a daily thing, you know, moment to moment, we celebrate the women in our lives and all mm. that they do. Or all so those who think about, that they're women. Yes. I think we have it now. Women are the bedrock of society. It's a lovely quote. Talking about bedrock, I think we have um, 
we have how do I pluralize bedrocks now? So we have bedrocks <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> and we're joined for the very first time by Carla Nojem. Uh, okay, I'm sure sounds like I didn't get that other name. But in a short while, she'll pronounce her name for us. Um, Carla is a radio personality and media nutrition expert. She attended Notre Dame University where she studied applied science. And she then attended Global College of Natural Medicine in which she earned a degree in nutrition. In addition, she obtained a certificate in health coaching from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Uh, she was the health and wellness coach at Folex team from 2008 to 2018. And currently she hosts the health station with Carla on Nigeria Info. Hi, Carla. Thank you so well, much for joining us today. I should be the one thanking you for this very nice introduction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and thank you for all you do on radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, Dr. Ama. It's an honor. And uh, I really look forward to the upcoming conversation. Absolutely. We all do. So um, we live in special time. I mean, unlike many years ago when people spend time more outdoors and have enough time to rest. There's a lot of technology this day that brings entertainment to our phones. We spend more time on the screen. We're watching our favorite shows at night. We're stressed out with the economy. You know, we're doing, we're running double jobs. Many people are working from home. Um, I just like you to begin by sharing with us the concept of self-care because that also seemed to have taken a lot of multiple definitions and there's a, there are different ways people see and understand self-care. Can you walk us through what you consider self-care to be? Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, if I could say it in one sentence, that would be perfect. But if, if I were to say it in one sentence and I can easily elaborate for you eventually, I guess, throughout the show, it's if you really want to tap into the core of cell care, you have to not just feed your body, but you have to feed your soul. And there's a lot I can say about that. I don't know if now is my turn to elaborate or we'll talk further about that. But if I had to summarize this in one sentence, it would be that you feed your body and you feed your soul. It's not just about the food that comes in. There's more to it. Hmm. I'm wondering what the soul eats. Um, you know, I can't tell what the body eats. Well, well, I can start if you want. I mean, yes, we all yes. need food to enhance our health. This is something where we all know uh, food is very essential to everyday life and it can actually be quite enjoyable, as we all know, for as part of living. And we do have to have a healthy relationship with it, of course. And this is the kind of foods that feeds your body. Um, it's called the secondary food, actually. Your body needs the right carbs, the right proteins, the right fat, the right minerals, and so on. And that's in order for your organ systems to function properly. We all know that. But there's the other thing I would like to point out. It's that you can eat all the broccolis and healthy smoothies in the world and still be unhappy still be mentally depressed or unfulfilled or even have episodes of eating disorders. And that's not healthy. There are many other ways you need to nourish yourself in order to enhance your health. And it does not stop with what goes into your mouth. We need to put our intention onto the things that feed our minds, our souls, and our hearts, instead of just zeroing it all on what we put in our mouth. And only when it comes to enhancing our health do we have to really focus on that. So it's all about balance. And there's this concept that we call primary foods as well. So what is primary food? It's not, it goes beyond what you put on your plate. Um, it's your need for relationships, your need for connection, your need for love, your need for movement, happiness, uh, pleasure, spirituality, purpose, uh, even fulfillment, uh, whether it's academically, professionally, or on a personal level. And it's what you do to satisfy your hunger for life. And most importantly, it's about balancing those elements. So primary food can be, let's say, your passion for art. It could be your love for music. It could be smelling your favorite scent when you 
enter the bakery, a hug from your mom or the calm you feel after a long talk with your friends. It could be, I mean, so much more. It could be a quiet moment for yourself or finishing that book you've been wanting to read, uh, treating yourself into mental health or pushing yourself to complete a to-do list. It's all about balancing and primary food is this those daily things that make you feel alive make your life feel meaningful and give you a sense of wonder so these are the two kinds of food you've got the secondary food which is what feeds your body and the primary foods which is what i just mentioned what feels your soul so it's really very important body and soul they have to come hand in hand and balance each other I like that Kala set the tone for this conversation. So we're beginning with <laughs> primary food, Dr. Amma, and she's talking about what feeds the soul. I can tell Dr. Amma that impacting young ladies, uh, young girls around the world is one of it for you. And I know that you're also writing a book. I'd like you to also talk to us about um, what Kala just mentioned. I mean, um, I mean, when you think of um, self-care, uh, Online, it's about going on vacation, you know, just lounging, taking taking a glass of wine, trying to take your mind away from stress. But she seemed to be saying something uh, spectacular that all of us must begin to pay attention to, Dr. Alan. Well, um, Carla's really started the tempo for today's discussion, and I and I really like that. But self-care, really, as Carla has said, is taking care of yourself. But Really, it's purposeful, conscious activities, strategies that we do to take care of our physical body, our mental, emotional, spiritual, name it, and the brain. You know, I am into the brain. So all of that is encompassed. And um, when you recognize the significance of all those aspects to bring together a balanced person, then you begin to understand why during the pandemic, when people were locked away in their homes, people were derailing because they weren't getting that self-care in the manner that they were used to it. Part of the reason that people are talking about the great resignation, which is I call the great getaway, is because in this time that they've had two years, to realize that they were out of balance. They're recognizing that they need to do work that is meaningful for them. That is the soul. That's the primary food she's talking about. Feeding the soul is doing work that's purposeful, work that's intentional, work that's meaningful, work that's fulfilling. When you can't have that, then sort of everything else is out of sync. And then you, you derail, you've got emotional, mental issues that you're dealing with. So it is important to recognize self-care. I said earlier, I work every day, but I take care of myself every single day. I walk 15 kilometers a day, four days a week minimum. I do it because I recognize the sense of fulfillment I receive from accomplishing that, but I also recognize the endorphins and the hormonal level that I have that makes it easier for me to engage with people, yes, gives me energy, but I'm happy throughout my day because everything is there. Is it the oxytocin? I'm in love with myself and with others. Is it the dopamine? Wow, <laughs> you know, that's my reward for the day. Is it the serotonin that moisturizes my brain and lets my level of anxiety or anything else suppress? You just need to do these things for yourself. So it is not selfish to take care of yourself. It is important that people spend the time recognizing that it's more than, as she has said, the secondary food. It's more than ingesting food. It's taking care of yourself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that and your brain. That brings you to that platform from which you can interact and have connections and relationships with people. Let me make an attempt at some mischief. I think that my primary food is money. Mm -hmm. Give me money and my soul will be okay. And that seems to be the conversation that you hear on social media. But I like us to talk to people who are stranded by, you know, economic needs and the circumstances within, you know, our nation and some other, you know, 
countries that are facing what Nigeria is facing currently. So you talk about what you do, you know, that ministers to your soul. However, there are people who do not have the luxury, who don't even have the luxury to take for walk. I mean, they are working, they are, yet their needs are not met, they're in debt. There's so much anxiety and it stems out of not having enough. How do these individuals also get some comfort and some relief, you know, uh, some primary food, some, some ministry into their soul, uh, which I believe you're talking about, Dr. Amma? Yes, um, it starts with intention and, I, and intentional living is very important. And Carla actually alluded to that. You mentioned that your primary food is money. I would like you to realize that money is an end product of activities, but it's not really your primary food. Money is an end product of activity, but it's not your primary food. So we need to go back to what is your intention? Your intention is not about getting money. Your intention is something else. If you can identify your intention, then every single day you feed your soul as you see yourself work towards that intention by putting attention to it, right? So what is your real intention is beyond earning money. Money is just the byproduct. Money is, uh, is an outcome. But what do you want to do? Why is that money important to you? If you focus on that, you're going to have greater fulfillment in your life. Kala, what do you think? Yeah, it's quite interesting because now the topic has really deviated even further away from what I expected, but that's really good. The thing with money, and I get a lot of calls, you know, whenever I talk about eating healthy or finding happiness, most of the time, and you're absolutely right, the topic of money is always on the top three, I mean, um, not excuses, but you know, where's the money? There are many things I can say about money. Number one, you may have all the money in the world. Let's say you have all the money in the world. You'll enjoy it for a day or two days, a year, two years. But then again, does it really buy you true happiness? Once you've bought all the things you want to buy, once you've you know, gotten all the material uh, desires you need, does it give you health the way you would need to? There are so many things you can talk about money. I'm not saying money is not important. In cases, it is. It is having the basic necessities, having your roof on top of your head, being able to pay for education, definitely. But as Dr. Ama said, money is really a byproduct of um, whatever it is you want to go on uh, and venture in your life. It's, it's um, if you want to find happiness, it's not necessarily through money. And all the famous people out there who have made their money tell you the same thing. What I can say uh, for people who think that their primary food is money, such as yourself, the first thing you th should think about is uh, social media. For me, social media has a huge impact on people's desire to always have money because for them, you know, they need to afford this, they need to afford for that. And also this whole comparison of seeing what others are doing and never being content with what you have and always trying to say, you know, if I have this, I will be happier, I will be more fulfilled. Um, being content, I think for me, is the most important state of mind you need in order to find happiness and health. And, and there's a Chinese saying that says, I used to have no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. And this is it, this whole, and I actually blame social media a lot. I've done a lot of shows on the, the, on the good sides and the bad sides of social media, but this whole, showing off the money, the fame, the luxury makes you think that this is what happiness is. And we need to land back on earth and realize that money is really a byproduct of people who are maybe successful, but it doesn't necessarily make you healthy and happy. Um, once again, you may, I mean, you can see from people who are famous, people who are very rich, they go through a lot of depression, although materialists materialistically speaking, I don't know if this word exists, they are actually uh, fulfilled. 
but they're unhappy, high suicide rates, drugs, and a very unhealthy lifestyle. So that makes you put a question mark. Is it really money that's going to be your primary food? Once again, it's really debatable. I don't know, Dr. Amma, would you like to add something to that? Well, the truth of the matter is all of us intrinsically seek happiness. Everybody wants to be happy. Of course. All of us. So happiness is really a primary food. It's, re it's recognized. Everybody wants, desires happiness. So if happiness is a primary food for you, you want to be happy, then what is it that you need to always have that sense or state of happiness? That's a primary food. And then you can begin to define what is your intention as a happy person? Is it about health? Is it about agility? What is it that you want? But it's not money. Money is not a primary food. Happiness is a primary food. Love, love, love yes. is an energy. It's an energy that you share with yourself and your circle of friends. And then you begin to share it with others that you don't know. That gives you a deep sense of fulfillment. And that in itself is a form of self-care, to love yourself, and then to love those within your circle fills you up. And then you're more open to going out and doing the things that you want. I talked about that great resignation or what I call the, get, the great getaway. It's people recognizing that I am in a job, I'm working a job where I'm making a lot of money, but I am not happy. I am not healthy. I am not fulfilled. I am just earning. If, so what if is I, it? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. If I could add to that, Dr. Amma, there's one thing we should all understand. It's the concept of bio-individuality. We are very much different. What may make me happy may make you feel indifferent. So happiness is a primary food, but going, getting happiness is through many other stages. As Dr. Amma said, it could be finding happiness through your career. Your spirituality, if you, if you enjoy this whole prayer, can be part of your spirituality. Home cooking for people, physical activity, health, creativity, joy, social life, home environment, uh, relationships, even finance. If you have a financial stability and a financial intelligence, it is, it is important, but it's not the main player here. Even your education, your learning. So all these have to come in balance in order for you to find happiness. In my case, just like Dr. Amma said, there was a time I opened a home catering business and it was, it was really growing. I was really ready to expand. That was before the Naira went all the way down. It was like 2017, was it? 16, when the whole devaluation started going down all the way. So I, I was really in between, shall I continue or not with the home uh, cooking? I was catering for 25 people every day, but I was not, although I was at home, I was not present for my kids. I was always in the kitchen and it was a one-man show with finances, with the logistics, with everything. I had no longer had the social life because I was all day working and all night working. So. I was doing a lot of money and I was, and now I get it why restaurants are popping up like mushrooms in Lagos. I totally do. But was I having the social life that usually makes me happy? Was I finding time to exercise as I usually do? Was I spending enough time with my kids for the home environment to be in balance? No. So I had to make this decision and I stopped doing the home catering and shifted to something else in my field, which gave me more time to focus on other stuff as well in order to balance my life. So that's really it, what drives you. And just like Dr. Amma said, you know, you will find happiness, but not necessarily because you're rich. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the Thinking Reimagine podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and valued manner.
I think that we're having a great conversation here. Um, by the way, I was just being mischievous about the money that I wanted to identify with um, the many viewers we may have who have this at the back of their minds. I like what you said about contentment. I think that what we're driving out here is that all of us might have to take a pause to be able to identify the most important things in life and give a meaning to our existence so that we don't keep driving ourselves. You know, there are times when you have this desire and this ambition and you keep driving yourself until you get there and you're finding out, well, it's it really doesn't matter after all that there's there are things like you said, family are more important than making money and also doing things that give you joy and happiness. All right, let's move on to secondary food because I know that uh, uh, you have a lot of expertise in, in that area. Uh, <laughs> so um, we had a conversation with Dr. Amma the other time and she was talking to us about um, intermittent fasting. I'm not sure if I got that, but you know, there's this issue with obesity uh, particularly amongst the female folks, everyone wants to look trim. I actually don't know where that is coming from because in Africa, we, we like our woman, our woman plum and on the big side, but you know, uh, um, science and doctors are saying that you can also afford to be too big. It's not good for your health. Well, I, I like you to just talk to us about what we must do particularly paying attention to our bodies because we need the body to be able to carry out our assignment here. Yes, that's a very good question. And indeed, I mean, being big is actually a sign of wealth. If I'm not mistaken, uh, in Nigeria, I know from my days in Kano when I was, when I was a little girl, you know, the, the bigger the belly, the, the wealthier the guy, the more Absolutely. bread on that's the table. So, you know. Give money to the hot belly yes. guy. <laughs> now, now it's it's kind of it's gradually shifting. It's gradually shifting, very slowly but surely. Um, and people, yes, thanks to thanks to the internet and all the in, information that's easily accessible out there, people are getting more informed. People are realizing that you know, no, a big, having a big belly might not be a good thing after all, and it might be a sign of underlying health conditions. But if I were to talk about being healthy and eating healthy and keeping a good uh, 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 physique, if I could say, there's one thing that stands out in Nigeria, and it's it's a, the, the it's an ingredient that's really consumed more than it should, and it's hidden in so many foods. And I am one of the 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 um, how can I say the people who really keep on talking about this on many of my shows, and it's sugar. I think Nigerians don't realize how much sugar is hidden in so many foods, whether it's your, uh, and I'm, I'm going to name the foods that you see Nigerians eating the most, sweetened yogurt, yogurt drinks that are everywhere, soft drinks, um, that's really a main thing, and all the, the, the sweets and the cakes and the, I mean, things that were maybe not available back then as much as they are now. So if one wants to focus on health, I think sugar is one of the big things we should focus on. You did mention intermittent fasting. And once again, I'm back to the topic of bioindividuality. Intermittent fasting, let me really summarize it in a, in a very simple way. It's mainly having a, a short window of time where you're, you're allowed to eat. And then fasting, excluding water, of course, uh, throughout the day. So it could be 18 hours of fasting versus six hours of food or 20 hours of fasting versus four hours of food. Now, the thing is people, because whenever there's a diet and before intermittent fasting, it was the keto diet. Before that, it was, there's always something new coming up. So you keep on hearing something. But the, 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 I, the thing is that whenever something new comes up, it starts being interpreted in so many different ways that people lose track of the actual uh, focus of that uh, lifestyle or diet. The right way for intermittent fasting, and people misunderstand this once again, it's not that you can eat whatever you want, whatever time you want throughout the, let's say, six windows of, six hour window of food. The right way to do it is only two meals during the six hour window. And let alone not just that, there are also selections of what kind of foods you can eat. So once again, 
intermittent fasting can work for me, but it might not work for you, uh, Nifemi. So it's really something people have to dig into their own bioindividuality, see what works for them, what health uh, problems they may ha be having, because uh, let's face it, if you have specific health problems, some diets don't work for you. Um, but if I were to once again focus on one thing for Nigeria, it would be sugar. Sugar is a main culprit for so much obesity, especially in the high class where sedentary lifestyle has taken over. You have the labor worker that eats agege bread and has soft drinks throughout the day and he doesn't gain weight, but that's because his energy expenditure is big. He can allow himself to eat because he burns a lot. But for the people from another uh, end of the spectrum who don't need to work much when it comes to movement and just eat and eat. Sugar and westernized food like junk food has really taken its toll. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, that's a lot. And <laughs> I, I actually, I wanted to add to that um, carbohydrates. Nigerians consume a massive amount of carbohydrates and they don't realize that carbohydrates actually turn into sucrose, which is a form of sugar. And that doesn't help your body a, 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 at all. And then you start having joint issues as you get older because of the buildup um, in the joints. But there's so many things that really people must be um, aware of the carbohydrates, the sugars, you know, it, it's just un, it's unnecessary. When I spoke about intermittent fasting, um, which I do practice and I've been practicing for decades, it really was about brain health. Um, and because I know <laughs> it's about brain health. Yes. I practice it too, by yeah. the way, but not for the weight loss, just like you for so many other reasons. No. I practice it for other reasons. It's not about weight loss for me. And anyone who has seen me knows that, uh, that that's not my issue. My issue is my brain. I want my brain to work at an optimal level. And I know when and how to trick my brain. Although now it's a natural way for me to work and my, for me to live. So I do practice intermittent fasting and it works for me. Um, and I tweak it once in a while, depending on if I'm going to be speaking. Um, but that's a little bit more intense to explain how it works but it's the way the brain works naturally when you go through intermittent fasting so I did bring it up and um, I do practice it and I practice for decades and, and it works for me but um, my big thing in Nigeria is the amount of carbohydrates and the amount of sugar that people consume and they're not consuming enough water it seems cheaper to buy a coca-cola than they than to drink water um, so you know, which water is natural and should be available for anyone to have clean drinking water. And yet people can't find clean drinking water. And when they do, they're concerned about where the water has come. I don't know what you call those sachets or bags of water. You know, you see people filling up water from a gutter, you know, the, all of those things. But the reality is water should be available. Clean water should be available to people. And more children should be drinking water, not Coca-Cola and Fanta and all of those things. They can burn it off because they're more active. But if you get them into that lifestyle, then they're not drinking water. But you need water more than anything, you know. But uh, like there's certain industries that push yes. certain products because they make money from pushing those products. But people need to be informed. And this is all part of self-care. Being informed is part of self-care. Reading about things, listening to things. We're in the digital age where everything is available on the internet. So have a look, read, um, but it will make a difference in, in, later on in life. Um, we look at the level of depression that we have. We look at the level of obesity we have. We look at the level of chronic illness. It all comes back to those secondary foods and making those adjustments now is very critical. The truth is I do it for my brain and I do it for my Yes, brain. I like the motivation, but if I ask you to mention how old you are, then uh, the viewer can tell that it's beyond the brain. I mean, you haven't <laughs> aged much since I met you and that's many years ago. So I, I'm, I might also adopt it as one of your, one of your secret for looking this youthful. Um, but I like Carla to speak to us. Yes, I like Carla to speak <laughs> to us about how, how to break this addiction because there are many people who are addicted to sugar. And, yeah. um, you know, they, 
they are working. For instance, there are times where I found out that it's, it's even not easy to snack on healthy things, particularly the things you can find around you. You are at work, you are hungry, you just need something to snack on. The only option is soda or you know, something sweet and God bless you, you have a sweet tooth. How do we begin to break this addiction and how, how much of a sustainability you know, can we get from it? You know, there's an interesting um, talking about how addictive sugar is. Uh, there was once a, an experiment that was done with uh, rats or mice, if I'm not mistaken, one of both. And they compared sugar to cocaine and they actually gave the mice um, cocaine and sugar separately, of course, and they then took them off and they saw how their reaction was once they were off the sugar and once they were off the cocaine. It was harder for them to get off the sugar than it was to get off the cocaine. So that tells you a lot about how addictive sugar can be. Yet that does not tell you it's impossible because it's happened. People who were so addicted to sugar stopped. The thing is, and once again, just like Dr. Ama said, you have to do a conscience decision. Nothing comes easily, especially when it comes to stopping an addiction. And the best way to stop an addiction to sugar is to go cold turkey in terms of stopping the sugar completely. But some people find a perfect way to wean off sugar gradually. So let's say you're used to having a lot of sugar in your coffee, instead of five spoons, reduce that to four, then three, then two, and that's throughout maybe a few months. That works. If you're used to having fizzy drinks, you start replacing that fizzy drinks with a bit more water whenever you're thirsty. Uh, it's really a question of each person's way of doing things, but it's not impossible. And specifically carbs, carbs can be addictive too. If whenever you've eaten, um, you feel lethargic, sleepy, or you have constant headaches, or you have lethargy, or um, you keep on having something sweet to munch on throughout the day, there's something that's called uh, glucose intolerance, basically. It's because your insulin levels are going on a roller coaster ride, they're not stabilized. And that's what makes you uh, uh, um, have this addiction or this urge to have something sweet every time. And the best um, way to do that, can you yes. hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you, Carla. So uh, the best way to do that is once again, gradually start reducing your sugar intake. And I'm not just talking about table sugar. Just once again, soft drinks, instead of three bottles, go down to two, then to one. But it's really uh, uh, something you should be willing to do because when you withdraw from an addiction, whether it's sugar or any other addiction, you have to feel bad before feeling better. And the worse you feel after withdrawing, the more that shows how addicted you were. I have had clients who have had extreme headaches for two days and completely on, in their beds, they couldn't get up because they stopped a specific food or specifically sugar. But after that, they started feeling better and definitely after that, that they could see the difference. Sugar is so bad, it affects your skin, your body from the inside out. I mean, I can go on with the list, but I'll never finish by the end of this podcast. You know, there's the perception that um, healthy food alternative is more expensive and that it is cheaper to, you know, feed on junks and all of these. How do you, what do you speak to this? Is it a myth? Yes, well, it's, it's not a myth or a perception. It's true, unfortunately, in some cases. Like in other countries, I'm not going to take Nigeria now as an example because we are still blessed with some organic foods and, and non-GMO foods. There's maybe just cottonseed and some other kind of crop, soybean, I mean, maybe that has been uh, uh, in the market. I don't know, Dr. Ama, you might be more informed than I am in this. Uh, but it's not every single vegetable buy that is genetically modified in that terms. Uh, should I go on or would you like to say something? Please, please go yeah. ahead. Please so go ahead. We're still, we're still blessed in Nigeria that we can still have the local farmer, the local butcher, the local chicken man and the local milk or what have you. Um, 
I lost myself in my thoughts right now. Yeah, so it is cheaper. Yes, this is why people who are, this is why once again, Nigerians are consuming a lot of carbs because the swallow is cheaper than the meat. The pomo is cheaper than the meat. So mm. the, the food quality, the ratio from protein to carbs has shifted drastically because the, of the economic situation most people are going through. Um, unfortunately, it is true, but that doesn't mean you can't eat healthy on a budget. Uh, it is more convenient to go there and buy the instant noodle with the whatever it is they sell it with. But if you're organized, you can always find something you can cook at home, carry your snacks around. As simple as a fruit, a fruit and some granite can be a very healthy snack. It doesn't have to be the, the um, let's say, the meat pie they sell on the road, which is processed or, or anything else. So it's really a question of finding your right choices on a budget, it's possible. But it is, of course, a conscious decision. Dr. Ama, I'm sure you'd want to add to that. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to just piggyback on, on Carla's statement about the organic foods that are natural here. I think some of the best fruits I've had in my X amount of decades is really here in Nigeria. I mean, think about the seasonal fruits that we have in Nigeria. And I have food allergies, so there are a lot of things I cannot consume. But even within any given season, I find some fruit that I absolutely enjoy. I'm actually in one of my favorite seasons with Agbalomo. I love Agbalomo. I can eat it every day, every night and carry on. I just love it. I love the taste. I crave it and I enjoy it. But they're fruits that are available. Um, groundnut, I'm allergic to groundnut, but people can eat groundnut. Bananas, bananas are abundant over here. And that also has the, the benefit of potassium. So eat the things that are available and easily affordable, and that will help you. Vegetables, protein, cut down on the carbs. I mean, just reduce the amount of carbs. I see people eating hips of rice and, and all the other things. And I wonder, can you just have a little bit more of the soup or do something else to balance your, your intake and drink lots of water. It's really about changing the, the makeup of the plate so that you're having a more balanced meal because when you have the right nutrients in your body, your body is a lot more effective, efficient and effective. And you can then wade off illness and all the other things that come to light. But being conscious of it is very, very important. You know, at the end of the day, self-care is about reducing the ailments that can come into your life by just nourishing your body, whether it's your mind, your body, your brain, your spirit. That's what we want people to do is nourish, nourish yourself in all ways possible, as opposed to depleting yourself and wondering why you're depressed, you're anxious, you can't sleep, you're having burnout. All of those come back to just having the right primary foods and balancing that with the right secondary foods. Yeah. So help please. Yes, yeah. please go ahead. Yes, one thing I'd like to add with what Dr. Ama said about the swallows, it's very true. It's like they pile up a lot of rice and swallows and the stew is always little. We are blessed in Nigeria to have green leaves, whether it's ugu, whether it's uh, bitter leaf, whether it's all these leaves, just dip them up in a stew and have them. They are filled with so many nutrients and they fill you up with so much fiber as well. Instead of having the swallow, which really, really takes your sugar on a roller coaster ride, your blood sugar levels, and that's not what you want. It's important that we know that and they're um, cheap. health. Sorry? And they're Can cheap. The leaves are still oh, cheap. cheap. I mean, it's on yeah. a, you can have them on a budget. Absolutely. However, I don't think that um, both of you are the perfect guest for healthy living on a budget. You look richer than that. I'm just <laughs> kidding, by the way. <laughs> I'd like us to wrap up now um, and talk to stress management because that's where you know many people have having the issues. The, the traffic situation in Lagos is terrible. I mean, you just might have to do more of hard work and smart work to to have all of your needs met. But how do you guys deal with stress? Uh, I just wanted to share that very quickly before we go. 
Um, starting well, with Carla. I will say, oh, go away, Carla. Please, Carla, no, no, go I, ahead. You're the guest. I'd like to see what you <laughs> no, have to say. I insist. Okay. So let me be honest, um, uh, Nifemi. I, I'm not, I don't know how it's going to come out, but I'm not in a place to say I, I, I don't take the bus every day to go to work. I don't stay three hours in traffic every day to go to work. Um, I don't uh, commute from VI to God knows where every day. I'm, I can't say I'm in a place where I can say I know what it feels like. But all I can say is it's really a state of mind and knowing how to, how to deal with what you already have. It's not easy. Life in Nigeria for the, 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 the common person is very difficult in terms of logistics, finding your way to work, coming back home, having to deal with family and everything. Um, one thing I could say that really helps is to really uh, get things down to reality. Uh, you might stay three hours in the bus going to work because of traffic and it is it could be stressful but i had given an advice to a friend once to just put your headphones there and listen to something listen to music to, to some classical music or to some prayers try and find the best out of every situation life is not easy sometimes some people are more blessed than others when it comes to having to deal with everyday stress Life will always throw some stress, stressful situation at us. I might not go through the stress of three hours traffic, but I do deal with my own stress. And I believe it's how you deal with it that makes a difference. And how to deal with it, once again, it all depends on yourself. What makes you happy? What gives you that peace of mind? Uh, I had a friend who had constant problems uh, with her married life. So she found someone to help her out, a counselor to help her out, and that reduced the stress. So it's really very general. I'm giving very broad advice here. Dr. Ama, would you like to add to that? Well, you know, Nifemi knows this about me that I'm going to talk about sleep, don't you, Nifemi? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. sleep is so important. And I am going to be the first, I'm going to follow Carla and say, yes, it is true that life in Nigeria um, is stressful. I put my hand up as well because I have stresses, although my stresses may differ from yours, we're all still dealing with the issues of water, electricity, traffic. It affects every single person who exists in Nigeria. But um, sleep is important. Try to go to bed at the same time every day and wake up at the same time. It helps regulate your brain. It helps regulate your body. Try to listen to music or listen to prayers, as Carla said, or meditate. I am a meditator. I meditate every day. I start my day with a meditation. I am known to meditate in the middle of the day. I am known to repeat affirmative words to myself because that helps me remain regulated and centered. Believe me, there's a lot of stress, but I don't want this stress to dysregulate me because I may misbehave in a manner that I, that's not who I am. Um, I also believe that people should have pictures of loved ones with them, those that make you happy, those that bring joy to you or have words that keep you in flow because really it's about flowing through the day. If you keep those around you, whether it's a small card, whether it's on your phone, do something with it so that when you're in a stressful situation like sitting in traffic, or you're making that three hour journey to the office, you look at it and it lightens your heart and it makes you feel connected. Those kinds of little things make a difference. And on the weekends, I like to really impact this on people. People need to learn to say no to activities that take time away from self-care. You don't have to go to every party you don't have to go to every activity. You can actually say, I need to rest. I need to take care of myself. We need to encourage people to be able to say, no, I'm not ready for this. No, I cannot do this. No, I am tired. No, it's perfectly fine to say no. And you will find out that when you say no, you're actually saying yes to yourself. 
That's when right. you say no, it's yes to you. Yes, that I love myself. Yes, that I desire some more time. Yes, that I want to read a book. Yes, that I just want to be in this place in this moment. So those things are very important at all times. It's the only way I know to get through this cycle of no water, no electricity, traffic, blah, 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 inflation. Everyone is going through it. It's how you adjust to it that helps you build that resilience. And with resilience, then you can overcome any situation. But Tama, I think you saved the best for the last. Thank you for sharing that. And by the way, I'm good getting my wife's picture and, and, and that of the girls. I'm going to paste it all across the car everywhere I go. <laughs> Thank Everything. you so much. Put it close to you. Just put it close yes. to you so you Absolutely. always know Absolutely. it's it's there Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Amma, thank you thank for you. sharing, Carla. Good to see you. Hopefully we'll have more of you joining this podcast. We're so grateful you came. Thank you for sharing uh, with us. Um, a big thank you to everyone who's watched online and who will be listening later on all of our podcast platforms. We are, you are so special to us and you're the reason why we're doing this. Thank you, Dr. Am and Kala. Um, see you again next time. I'm Nifa Mugentoye. Bye for now. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma. Co-producer, Peter Amon Boyle. And it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Doon Sokwa. Thinking Remargent emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com. Or you can follow us on social media on Live Abundantly 8. Thinking, Thinking Reimagined, changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better global, global society. society.